One of the things that a lot of people have talked about is beyond benefits, it's about identifying with the purpose of the place that they work. Welcome everyone to the World of Work podcast to the WOW. Those are the words of my guest speaker today. His name is Dean Sumler. He's the Vice President of Talent Management and Learning International at Schneider Electric based in Sydney, Australia. He's been in Schneider since 2014 and prior to that he's worked in different sectors and different functions including sales and you'll get to hear a little bit more about his view on career development and what that actually means in today's world of work. The focus for today is digital platforms but you'll see the conversation is broader than a platform conversation. It is how digital is transforming not only talent management, but also leadership decisions, also the role of HR in organizations and how it's opening up incredible opportunities for people. The name of the game, guys, is how do you stay curious? How do you keep learning? How do you keep embracing this growth mindset? So with no further ado, let's tune into this conversation with Dean. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. You do have a very diverse HR experience in different sectors. So how has your world of work changed in these years? Yeah, Uh, I mean, my short career story is, you know, kind of three different sectors, uh, two different countries and two different job disciplines too. So, you know, my first part of my career was in commercial roles. And then the second part of my career has been in HR roles. Mm -hmm. And I've had um, the privilege of doing many different types of HR roles. I often reflect on this when I talk to people about building their career plans. Your your view of the world is so unique from these different vantage points, depending on the problem you're solving for an organization, the work that you're there to do, the job to be done at the time. And so I think kind of, you know, these complementary experiences help such a lot when we think about today's challenges of being in a VUCA world with so much kind of uncertainty and ambiguity and so much need for human empathy to understand how others may see the world or see problems. I always think kind of having some diverse experiences has helped me a lot um, Mm -hmm. appreciate how important that is um, to be able to understand where others might come from or see problems with kind of, you know, a few different lenses about how we might think about them. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I'm tempted to ask you, actually, between the commercial and the HR, where's where's your where's oh. your heart lie? Is it maybe an in, an in between? Is it a profession yet to come? Great, great question. Um, both have been hugely um, influential, kind of in shaping my career today. Uh, I work in a commercial business today, so Schneider Electric is a business listed on the French Stock Exchange. It's a commercial enterprise. Um, and a very successful one in the last few years, we're pleased to say. Um, so I really see my job is as a business person, right? In fact, I often talk to other HR professionals, um, you know, just given the nature of the work that we do to say, hey, remember, first and foremost, we're all here as business people to help this business run. And then secondly, we bring some kind of expertise to the table and the expertise that kind of we've been honing and developing and bring to the table is in how to you know kind of access the full potential of the people of the organization to achieve our customers um you know our, our organizations and customers ambitions and so I, I don't see them as separate actually i just see them as mm-hmm. um you know you, you may be aware like one dominant hat when i was in commercial roles i was leading large teams of people you could argue that you know kind of that was a more of an hr role <laughs> the job i do today yeah, in terms very, of very true. so <clears throat> i see that um you know we're if you work in business and you're a business person, you know, first, and you bring in some specialty to the table second. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, thanks for that. I remember last time we also talked a little bit about the music scene, but we're not going to go there. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I've left those days behind me now. You did, UK, but, right but you also had a little bit retired. of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, never, never say retired. retired, right? It's a sad time, isn't it? <laughs> you 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 put your, the guitar up on a on a on a nail, as as we say, yeah, like the, the ballet wall. shoes up up on the wall. Um, so, and how have you seen, the, if you may, uh, kind of speak a little bit about the sector you're in and Schneider Electric and how that has also changed in terms of the, the perhaps post-pandemic, but more importantly, the sector, the industry, and how maybe that change has driven you to as well, relook a little bit at the HR uh, agenda sure. and capabilities and ways of, ways of working. I think that um, first and foremost, you know, the, the world is changing rapidly and, and I really think the world is um, not just waking up to some of the things that are kind of happening, but I think also people are far more outspoken on their views, whether that be social justice and kind of the movements we've seen around the world. For Schneider Electric, that is the way that energy is used and how energy can be used to solve the carbon problem that the planet faces. It's an organization that's steeped in this idea around you know, building sustainability for our customers, digitizing their experience and creating mm -hmm. energy efficiency. And the reason I start with that um, in the sentence is that the purpose of why people work for our company is incredibly important. And I think one of the things we've seen happening over the last couple of years and since we've heard topics like the great resignation and mm -hmm. whatever, it's, whatever the latest iteration of that topic uh, is called today, one of the things that a lot of people have talked about is beyond benefits, it's about identifying with the purpose of the place that they work. And one of the things that I think has been unifying in Schneider Electric has been that people get behind the purpose of what we do. There's, yes, we're a commercial enterprise, but we are solving a huge problem that exists in the world today in terms of the carbon dilemma uh, and mm. how we help build a sustainable planet. So I think one of the things I've seen change a lot in employee sentiment actually yeah. is I, I want to say in who I work for and I want my personal preferences and beliefs to align with how I spend the majority of time in life, which for many of us is in our employment. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's been one of the fundamental shifts actually I've seen. And then, of course, there's the transition many people have gone through in terms of, you know, where you work and how you work and the outputs that you work on and so on. Um, mm. But ultimately, I think one of the things that the last couple of years has, has really shown us and taught us is about this idea of connectedness. There was a time where kind of, you know, maybe people um, were working out what does connectedness look like predominantly using technology because of lockdowns and so on. There was a time where maybe some level of fatigue set in because people were longing for more deeper human connections and face-to-face. -face. And I think everything I read, everyone I talk to, people are still wrestling with what's the best way to do this um, from organizations that have gone, you know, if you take two very progressive organizations, Airbnb is a famous organization, very progressive, said work anywhere. Tesla, very progressive organization, highly innovative. You know, Elon Musk told stories about sleeping on the factory floor, you know, and, and you know, Tesla's not the place to work if you want to work anywhere. So I think you can see it's not about progressive organizations work from anywhere and the others work from the office. People, organizations are on a journey to understand how does technology, human interaction, like combine at its best to deliver outcomes for our customers? 
and of course a level of like um you know employee satisfaction as well in, in the kind of the companies that people work for so i see that as a, as a big change um that, that's happened as well and i like what you just said there because there's a risk of um putting companies in boxes so if you're a progressive yeah. company therefore you can work from anywhere um yeah. if you cannot work from anywhere you're just a dinosaur you're an, but that's not at all the case, actually, in the sense it's that simply not true. it's yeah. just not true, right? And each organization is probably not only going to be defining it, you know, for themselves, but it may change in time, too, depending on how the needs arise, etc. So I, I do find it a little bit myopic to, to let's say, uh, categorize companies based on, oh, well, if you can't work from anywhere and from nowhere, it means that, you know, you're not progressive, you're not out there, you're not contemporary and uh, following the signs of the times. I really find that a little bit um, too reductionist. Yeah, I think that's really fair, Yeah, uh, really fair. And I think that, uh, you know, as an organization, we've wrestled a bit with this topic and we've said, well, we'll start at this point. And, mm -hmm. and our view is, you know, some kind of hybrid work we think is the optimum. It's probably the hardest, like work from anywhere, it's kind of straightforward, right? The whole company's online, it's all digital. Um, or it's simpler, let's say, maybe it's not straightforward, but simpler, or everyone works from the office, okay, right, that's simple, we know what we're doing, when you work in this hybrid way, and you've got, you know, can you get the best of both worlds, but it is more complex in terms of reorganizing work, reorchestrating work, and redesigning work, it's a bit more complex, but we think the benefits somewhere in that, that magical middle, and whilst we're still working that out a bit as we go, um, we, we're really much more like test and learn and see and we'll adapt our policy over time depending on what really works in the context exactly. of that time yeah exactly and also employees are different some of them would rather just stay at home most of the time others want that flexibility others still they want to be in the office because they miss interactions yeah. with the colleagues or perhaps they've got babies at home and they <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or you know, or small toddlers, or small homes, and they just want to, they just, they just want to work in a different setting. And, and, sure. and I can tell uh, you, having a small toddler, having a small toddler, I have to say, how anyone could do any work with a small toddler <laughs> definitely perplexes me. Uh, my small toddler is like keen on the keyboard, jumps on the calls with me. So it is not um, like super feasible in our household <laughs> for, to be to work at home with a small toddler there, that's for sure. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we, we, we kind of started the conversation talking about the digital transformation, touched a little bit upon how technology, and I like what you talked, what you said, technology, how it interfaces with the human to make sure that there is that connectivity and also productivity and we make sure we, you know, we do what we need to do. Um, and I was fascinated at the time, I think it was December 2021, wasn't it, or November, that you talked about this app um that you were yeah. introducing in schneider is it the open talent marketplace or talent yeah marketplace so it's a the, the concept is called a talent marketplace uh, right. we call yeah. it the open talent market in schneider yes. electric because we've yes. brought um a philosophy around transparency of opportunity alive at the same time as enabling this technology in the organization yeah. yes so tell us a little bit about that and how far have you gone since the last time uh, we mm. talked because it seemed like it wasn't yet fully, fully implemented, or you were still, um, you, you were still. Yeah, it's been an it's been an iterative. 
deployment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, we actually started this journey long before anyone knew a pandemic was on the horizon, actually. So we started in a couple of um, pilot countries and with some pilot functions. Essentially, a talent marketplace is um, a platform where artificial intelligence helps match employee profiles to certain opportunities. For us, that started out as job opportunities, mentorship opportunities to connect to, to a mentor in the organization, or um, projects like internal gigs, you know, I've got a project working on a topic. I want someone to in the organization to work on that rather than me going to my own network and the people I know, I get opportunity to kind of post it and see kind of the whole talent of the organization. And we started in this progressive way, probably quite a traditional style of change management, pilot in one function, the HR function, rolled out in one country, scaled to the next country, scaled to the next country. And when the pandemic came along, you'll remember many organizations uh, operated with incredible fiscal discipline for the first part because there was such uncertainty. And so many of the vacancies we had in market, we decided to close to do everything we could to maintain um, people in jobs. You know, we wanted to make sure our existing employees uh, were looked after before we started thinking about hiring many, 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 many new colleagues. And uh, one of the things we were conscious of is, well, if there aren't all these jobs externally how do we going to help people continue to see ways forward and you know kind of um, career opportunities in the company and our chief HR officer um, decided at that point well whilst we haven't done deep change management in every country we're going to make this available across the, the group so every country in the group every employee in the organization that's um, connected online will have opportunity to use this platform and so that was kind of a really pivotal moment in terms of change management, where traditionally you would do full deployment, user acceptance testing, full education of the workforce, yeah, yeah. re-roll something out. And this was a moment of opportunity and entrepreneurship to say, well, hey, we've got this platform. Why take the next three years to roll it out in that way? Why not switch it on and, and let's see what we can do with the momentum of the moment, which was a, a brave move and, and um, uh, something that I admired a lot, actually, at the time. Um, since that time, it's been it's been incredibly successful in terms of the opportunities it's liberated for people. And one of the things that we like is around two thirds of the opportunity are connecting people either across different functions than they would have ordinarily worked in, or across different geographies. So maybe you know I might be mentored by somebody in Spain and would have wouldn't have even known the person in Spain existed before this platform right. was available in a company of 130,000 people almost. Uh, we've branched the technology out now. It's now um, looking at career paths and career tracks to help employees simulate what could my career evolve like and what might be some of the steps. Mm -hmm. And the artificial intelligence is, you know, kind of obviously learning all the time, right? Based on every interaction it has, the machine's learning more and more and more around relevance yeah. mm -hmm. uh, for each employee. So incredibly powerful, um, uh, you know, kind of um, platform for our employees uh, and came along really at a time where we were really reframing some of our philosophy around how we develop talent in the organization, making mm -hmm. sure that there's more transparency of opportunity, making sure there's no um, minimum time needed in a role. Today, we compete with an external job market that if somebody wants to leave, they give their notice period, one month, three months, whatever that might be to leave the company. Um, why is it that when kind of, you know, someone wants to do a new job internally, we say, we haven't done that job for three years yet. So you're not allowed to move to the next job. So really thinking about how we have a much more agile, um, you know, talent philosophy that's really fit for purpose um, based on how our employees think about their careers. And also, if you think about 
the skills required in an organization that's solving, you know, kind of complex problems that have not been solved before, like sustainability and digitization and energy efficiency. Mm-hmm. We need ways to help people connect rapidly to opportunities to develop new skills and practice, practice, practice these things to um, be able to do that. So the world is moving yeah. at a very fast rate uh, with complex problems to solve. And so this technology is one of the ways that we you know, animate opportunity in the organization for our employees. I so many questions come to my mind at this point. Um, <laughs> the first ones when you were saying about AI and how, um, well, how it's basically a demand and supply type of relationship, isn't it? To, to a great extent. Yeah. So these are the skills I bring and these are the opportunities out there, whether it's for mentorship projects, jobs, um, yeah. et cetera. Um, so that's, that's one question, which I'm going to formulate in a second. The other one is going to be around the area of leaders and how this type of relationship, this open market type of relationship, how has that impacted in any way the empowerment of leaders or the sense of authority of leaders? And then, of course, the third one is like, you know, how has that impacted the relations, uh, relationships amongst the employees themselves and with HR? And to what extent HR may feel like they've lost a little bit that uh, uh, jurisdiction if you will in terms of who goes where when why you know there was a time where it was also HR was was a key part of that process but first and foremost I think the AI one is for me a fascinating one because we do realize that these apps uh, and these platforms can create different relationships different can open up new opportunities and therefore will bring about certain behavioral changes in leaders and employees, et cetera. And I'm wondering to what extent the AI that we use, it is learning through through the, the user's behaviors for sure. Um, but how are we programming them, you know, in terms of logic? Are we following a similar logic to the past in terms of you need to have, if you have X number of experience in this particular area and skill set, automatically you are the most preferred candidate, yeah. which of course it's logical, right? Um, sure. But I'm, I'm wondering to what extent we are, uh, we had that conversation several months ago, we're replicating some traditional ways of thinking when it comes to career and career paths, yep. and we're creating the algorithms to, to, to fit that, um, to fit that paradigm, as opposed to have some randomized, let's say, variables that come into play that allow yep. people to stretch their boundaries to so look at your professional experience, commercial, HR, um, different sectors, you know, perhaps for you to pivot was an easy thing, but after a while, it may be a very complex thing to do when you yep. are so functional in a given area. So what are your thoughts about, yeah, I, about that AI? I, mean, um, I give you an example, right? There's someone in my team who um, three years ago worked as a marketing manager in the company, and she had no she had no idea that a career in HR was even possible. She wasn't thinking about it, right? And it was only when uh, myself and the business leader that needed manager approached that person and said, hey, we think you could do a great job in this role, that that even became an, a thought in that person's mind. So these topics have existed before AI and post AI, right? In terms of often it's, um, you know, opportunity um, is and the level of risk we're prepared to take, if you like, on someone that comes from a different type of background is something that 
um, has existed already right in our decision-making frameworks. That's the first thing I would say. Whether there was artificial intelligence involved or whether there was humans involved, our level of open-mindedness to the kinds of things people are capable of doing has always had some level of limitation, some level of risk management, some level of you know, kind of decision-making framework applied. When we think about AI, I think of it in um, you know, two parts. I think, firstly, this platform is brokering opportunity. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what the platform is doing is putting the employee in the driver's seat to start with at the first stage of the process, suggesting to me, hey, you said you were looking for projects on the following things. Here are some options for you to say, do I want to put my hand up for this? Or, you know, you're online looking for a mentor. Here are some options. Mm. And the employee is saying thumb up, thumb down, and the machine is learning, well, what is it about that profile that's similar to that profile that kind of is, is animated? Mm -hmm. So to, to some extent, the AI is not a decision make is not the decision-making piece of the process. The AI for us is the broker or is the, um, the ability to simulate what could be possible, if you like. Mm -hmm. The decision-makers are still leaders. And, of course, is the employee, mm -hmm. right? The person exploring the journey. So the mentor still needs to say, yeah, I think this is a great fit. I'll be really happy to mentor you. The project owner has 10 people apply for their project and they only need three. They're going to choose the ones that they think are have the most relevant skills. One of the things I like, though, about the way this AI works is it compares the skills that you've got in your portfolio today to other types of profiles and spots where there maybe are synergies or parallels mm -hmm. and suggests things for you to do next that can help you develop these other skills that are attain have been attainable to other people. So if you're a program developer mm. and maybe there's some synergy with project management, for example, it might start to suggest things in project management for you because it sees that you can start to build out your skills in that way. So I think the developers of the AI thought quite deeply mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. that in this instance to help um, with that. Um, the last thing I would say is, the AI is learning somewhat, right? So if I go in and explore my career um, path, one of the ways I can do that is um, I can see what other people who do the job I do today have done next. So it simulates, you know, hey, here are other jobs in the company. Here are the, based on previous career routes that we've kind of programmed in, here's how some other people have done what they've, they've done. And it's a way in a complex company with many different jobs, doing many different things, and people telling us, hey, I struggle to know outside of a more kind of like mm -hmm. linear hierarchy of progression, what's possible. It's a way of visualizing and opening people's minds up to new ideas that starts a journey of exploration that opens up something that otherwise wouldn't be opened up. So I see it much more I like see. a broker and opening the lid for people rather than it's autonomously taking decisions on its own without the involvement of humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's an Amazon suggested for you type of approach or, or yeah. the, the uh, Spotify. Because you listen to this kind of music, you may like this other type of music. Um, yeah. Or because your skills profile because, says this, yeah. we recognize this could be a helpful opportunity for you to build more skills, for example. Right, right. Yeah. But it, it probably requires a lot of... Uh, 
data input as well, no, upfront. I'm sure so it does. Example, I mean, we, we don't manage the platform ourselves. We work with a vendor on this topic. Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah, definitely yeah. more expert than I uh, on it, for sure. Uh, but you're right. Um, the, the thought process that goes into building these algorithms is is kind of, you know, exactly. significant. Yeah. yeah, significant. Yeah. And something that honestly, only technology is probably capable of doing at scale, just based on the sheer number of data points it would be comparing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And yeah. remind me, how many, how many employees do you have at Schneider Electric? We have 128,000 and 98,000 of them will be on this platform today. That is an impressive number, 128,000 employees and more than 90,000 of them on this platform. Well, that's a wow in my books. So make sure you tune into the second part of this wonderful conversation together with Dean. And until then, do take care as always. <laughs>